Yo, welcome to Voice Acting Up, a podcast where I interview working voice actors who are working their way up. I'm Sean Rohani, and today I bring you part one of three with Jennifer Losi. She's already lived three lives working in ads, video game development, and voice acting, so if you think I can condense that into one episode, then shame on you. I like to ask so that listeners know the experience level of my guests, what some of your favorite things you've worked on are. Oh, it, is it horrible to say I love everything? Because uh, <laughs> no. it's really true. You know, um, I've been so fortunate to get to do things I never thought I'd get to do. Um, I think the thing I'm the most the most proud of, I do narration for Disney online. Uh, there's these two series of videos that go on their social media or on sometimes on their website. Uh, one's called like Meet the Villains, and then they did like a spinoff that's like sort of like a spotlight on the movies, and I get to narrate these little one-minute segments uh, about Disney properties, and you know, as a kid, I love cartoons. Like I grew up on, I was all Looney Tunes and like Disney movies, and I had, I wanted to be an animator, and I had this book uh, that was like Aladdin, and it was like all the behind the scenes and all these drawings, and I was obsessed with it. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And then I was like, oh, I can't really draw. Okay, no. Um, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to do graphic design. And then years and years and years later, I was like, wait, I, I, can, I can work in animation with my voice. What? And so, you know, as a kid, you're like, I'm going to be a Disney princess or something. I, I don't know that I ever was like, I don't know I'm going to be a Disney princess. But I get to talk about Disney bad guys, which is cool. And so the thing that was really exciting about this, you know, you get – you get auditions and you have to just sort of love them for the time you have them and let them go. You can't um, fixate and obsess on anything because you'll go insane. You know, right. any anytime something comes back to you and you get to work on it more, that's incredible. Um, but I remember getting the copy for this and it was this, it was uh, like a minute and it was about Ursula. And it was just this very snarky, very funny copy. It was so well written. And I did it and I was like, man, that was fun. And I sent it off. And then like months later... I get a phone call and I'm like Mendocino Farms eating a sandwich and my agent calls and I'm like, it's either really bad or really good. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, hey, you booked the, the Disney thing. And I was like, what? Um, and so I got to go in and, and they were like, hey, um, we have a rough cut of the Ursula one from your audition. And so they played it for me and it was my voice that I had just you know done in my bedroom on my little <laughs> USB mic months before uh, on a deadline to this like custom animated they have clips from the movies and they have some some brand new stuff that they do that and I love the style of it and it was just surreal I had actually had a session the day before that was like very difficult and I was kind of feeling bummed about it and I was like oh it didn't that didn't go as well as I really wanted it to mm. it's one of those situations where you get cast as something and then they're like actually that's not what we're doing at all surprise yep. and I was like ah <laughs> I don't know if I can do what you want <laughs> um and of course you know you do but in your brain you're like this is a nightmare uh but then I walked into this like literally the next day, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's like me!" And it's the Little Mermaid. And what? And uh, and it was such a blast. And like the team working on it is so cool. And like the producer that I work with is is so much fun. And so we did those. And a couple like I don't I have no sense of time anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, time has lost all of its meaning. <laughs> but some time passed, and I got an email, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna do another series that's just like this." Before they send it out, we'd re I'd really like you to get to throw your name in for it. So would you record this audition? And he sent me copy for Sleeping Beauty. And so I recorded it, and they were like, you know, but really, the 
I'm I'm very excited, so I'm talking in a circle. Uh, the villain one is like very sarcastic, and it's very much my sense of humor. And like they told me, like this is the line that booked it because the way you said it. I'm like, well, that's how I talk. Mm-hmm. But this was like much more wholesome, and so I went like full enchanted on it, and it was like, let me tell you about Sleeping Beauty, and it was like way too much. And they were like, what if you just talked? And I was like, that's better. Uh, and so time passes, and they were like, good news, you get to do these also. And I was that's like, awesome. what? And so getting to be, like, asked back for this project that's already a dream, and they're so fun, not just because, you know, like, the movies are cool, but we talk a lot in them about, like, the animation and the art and, like, fun facts and, like, songs that were cut and the kind of stuff that, like, I nerd out about. And so it's, it's look, if someone wants to let me, like, sing in a Disney movie, yes, please. But (laughs) for me, like, getting to talk about, like, Hallmark animation and, like, all of this like nerdy stuff that I'm really into right. is so cool. And then you get to see, you know, you record these things and it's a sheet of paper in a dark room on a music stand. And then you get to see like the literal magic of, you know, here's something that some amazing team put together that goes with this footage from this movie that's like 70 years old and it's just wild to me. Um, yeah, that sounds like a dream. There's there's one more coming out this week that I'm like really excited about. But like I got to do one for Zootopia, which is like my favorite oh, cool. contemporary Disney movie. And so when they told me that, they were like, and the next one's Zootopia. I was like, what? I'm Judy <laughs> Hopps. This is amazing. And so it's just really cool to see people of all ages getting excited about it. Like friends that grew up with that, but like their kids are into it. My boyfriend's like aunt is like loves Disney movies. Like one of her favorite movies is the one that's coming out this week. And so I can't wait to be like, guess what? We did it. We did the one that you really like. Um, awesome. And so it's like so wholesome because uh, most of what I do is like anime and video games, none of which really uh, most of them have not been very wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not the kinds of things where I'm like, hey, mom, here's a clip from my show on Adult Swim. Uh, don't don't. Yeah. So it's nice that I have something that I can share with like friends and their kids. Because, you know, when you're like, oh, you're a voice actor. Have you been in anything I've heard of? And I'm like, no. Um, I don't know. Do you watch anime at 2 a.m.? Because then, yes. And so it's just really exciting to get to share something and showcase other people's work because that's really what I'm doing, narrating it. Because I right. think that doesn't happen enough. Like you hear a lot about, you know, actors in a movie or voice actors, and but like you don't hear about like the key animator or like the person who designed the car for the giraffe in Zootopia. Like you don't. Right. <laughs> uh, so I love. It's like that Aladdin book I had as a kid. You know, it's all those like secret fun facts. Um, yeah. So I just nerded out pretty hard about it. I guess I was way more <laughs> excited about it than I realized. Um, <laughs> It's a fun project. Uh, I oh, think definitely. I answered your question 18 ways. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that's uh, there's a lot of work that voice actors do that within voice acting you're proud of. But like to people outside of the industry, it's hard to tell your parents like, oh, I did the looping for this or, you know, right. the ADR for that. Like that doesn't that's a different language <laughs> to them. Yeah. Um, you're like, OK, like I'm girl number six right there. And then I'm like <laughs> creature two. And then do you see that one in the blue shirt that coughed? That was my cough. Yeah, that's yeah. it's yeah. awesome. And you feel good about your work. Um, mm. You know, some of my favorite things I've done have been like one line weird incidentals in shows. But uh yeah, it's hard to explain that to to somebody who doesn't really know what that world is. Like, we're all exactly. very spoiled. Um, you know, I think one thing that I love so much about our voiceover community here is everyone's so supportive. Like, 
genuinely like anytime a friend gets cast in something i'm like yes immediately on the netflix queue and like <laughs> I, I can't even i have i have like an insane i've ruined our algorithm because everything is just like whatever things my friends are in <laughs> but you know we kind of understand that weird thing so when you're like yeah i looped on a movie someone's like oh i know what that means and then you're like the high school reunion version they're like what did you do like are you a disney princess and you're like N no um but i'm like four really cool creatures in this weird mystery anime and like yeah, i don't know, I don't know. Yeah. so yeah but the other thing that's fun too about just how supportive the voiceover community is is you don't sometimes the things that you work on even if you're in a scene with somebody you don't know who Oh, is yeah. in the scene too. So like once it airs, you're like, oh, that's my buddy that I'm having this battle <laughs> with. That's awesome. <laughs> that happened on a, when I did JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, there's a lot of folks that I've sort of come up with, you know, in classes for years and years. And we all had our like, you know, tsunami debut, like back to back, week to week, where I'd be watching it. I'm like, oh, that's Philip Reich. Oh my God, that's Stefan Martello. <laughs> like these are my friends and we're mm -hmm. in this show. But yeah, like you're watching the credits, you're like, who's my sister? Who is my right. parent? You know, who is my lover? I don't know. I, I won't know until the credits roll. Sometimes you can pick it up. Like you can be like, I know that voice. I know who that is. But when you have friends that are blessed with like amazing ranges, you're like, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome. It's always a pleasant surprise. Um, it's so cool. And like, or you'll like watch the credits or something. And you'd be like, wait. <laughs> yeah, we watch credits now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine the other night, and a guy I was in a class with, like an improv class, I don't know, like 10 years ago, mm -hmm. had like two lines in a scene, and I was just like, I know that guy! He did it! He's <laughs> yeah. on Brooklyn Nine-Nine! The dream! And so, yeah, it's so fun. Um, you know, people talk a lot about, you know, look, look voiceover is hard, right? Like, you're sending auditions out, maybe if you're lucky, like many a day, and you they go out into the wind and that's it. But then, like, for me, when I find out a friend's book something that whether I've read, like, even especially even if I've read for it, and I'm like, yes, you're perfect. That's such a good choice. Oh, my God. Like, it's a point for the team is what I always say. Like, anytime any of us book anything, I feel like it's like a victory. It's like, you know, the Olympic team. You know, right. like, I didn't get it, but they got it. And awesome. <laughs> and it's a point for the good people. Uh, and I just get so excited to see my friends working or when I do, like, casting things, sometimes I'll see their names in, like, you know, they're in the select and, like, it, it could have been. Um, but it's such an ephemeral, weird thing, the casting process. Right. So I'll ask always if I have permission, but I'll be like, hey, like, I just wanted you to know you were in, like, the top three. And there were, like, 400 people for this part. So, like, you're doing it right. Hang in there. <laughs> believe. Because, uh, you know, we don't get feedback. You don't know. You're, like, standing. I mean, I'm literally right now standing in the corner of my room, like, surrounded by foam that's Velcroed to my walls. Uh, you know, and you just do these things in your little vacuum, and you have no idea what's going to become of them or how you're doing. It's not like there's time when there's 1,800 submissions on a video game for them to go, hey, Jen, hey, Sean, I'm just letting you know you're doing a good job. Like, you didn't book it, but, like, right. thumbs up. There's no time for that. It's such a strange thing we do because we apply for jobs as our job. Right. Uh, you know, like, it would be like when I worked in video games, you know, I'd, I'd work in a job for years. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, you send one resume and do a, a lot of grueling interviews, and then ideally you're there for a while. But we kind of do that like five times a day in like our bedroom. Right. And <laughs> in some ways, it kind of prepares us better for situations like this where people are worried that they have to apply to jobs. It's so hard to find a job. But the thing is, in our industry, like it's already so hard. Yeah. So like we're we're geared to have that mindset. You know. Yeah, I'm very like ready to like emotionally just hold everybody who's like applying <laughs> for things. I'm like, it's okay. 
I apply yeah. for jobs all day. I'm going <laughs> to we'll help you work through this. Uh, I've definitely like lifted a lot of, of resumes lately mm-hmm. for folks. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's a hard time for everybody. And uh, we're all in this together. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, while we talk about what I love so much about voiceover and how it's just so different than other types of acting I've been in and everyone like you and I were both in this webinar with engineers sharing, you know, ideas on how to get your setup going. And so many people are sharing resources and offering to help each other test things and like mm-hmm. lend each other equipment and are like, you know, like this is on sale or like I like this plugin <laughs> or go to this website and right. how do I deal with this unemployment website? Uh, all <laughs> of it. And everyone's really just sort of reaching out for each other like there's a lot of people's worst that's coming out in this time like in in the grand scheme of the world Mm -hmm. but there's so much good and there's so much collaboration and love and people really just trying to make everything better for each other and Mm -hmm. it's so overwhelming in the best way to be part of a community where that's important Mm -hmm. i'm gonna cry now talking about it but it (laughs) takes I just love watching everybody really just rally around each other right now. Right. And it's uh, incredibly moving mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's hard, you know. Um, we're all trying to record things from home now, and we don't all have a setup that accommodates that. And so for everyone to really be trying to troubleshoot for everyone else is r- remarkable. I know that's not going to be unique to, to voiceover, but mm-hmm. it's amazing to get a front row seat to that. And to see it happening and to be part of that, right. um, so it gives me some hope in this weird foam yeah. cubby corner time. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like you're you're a very good catalyst for just that sort of mindset because even your your Facebook posts are on point. I think I might have told oh, you that before, you. but like I never would have thought. You know, you shared that thing of the other Jen Losi and all the way in <laughs> Australia who was strapped for cash and a single mom and everything and. Nothing to do with voiceover, but that was just yeah. such a cool idea to try to create some positivity out, out of nothing. Thank you for yeah. being part of that. Um, I guess, you know, for folks listening, um, I have a Google alert for my name, not because I'm vain, but <laughs> sometimes um, you don't know like a product is coming out. And so sometimes I'll find out, oh, a show aired or a game is out or, mm-hmm. oh, that's what that game was through the magic of Google alerts. And so um, there was one, and I was like, okay, like, release date on an anime. Cool, cool. And then it said, Jennifer Lucy, GoFundMe. I was like, uh, I, didn't, I didn't set up a GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. What is this? Is somebody, like, is there another Jennifer Lucy? Is this, like, somebody being shady? And so I clicked through, and there's, uh, I have a name twin in, in Australia who was just looking for a little bit of help to get a computer to work on something. And... I was like, wow, you know, I remember being 22 and also needing a new computer for a job. And, you know, when you're 22 and your friends are 22, nobody has anything. It's hard when you don't have like family or people around you who can support you. And now being a little bit older than 22, uh, I have an amazing network of people who even $3 is so much to someone who doesn't have anything. And so everybody rallied. And it was this girl's birthday. And by the time she went to bed on her birthday, like she had hit her goal. And, so awesome. and we've been messaging back and forth now. And it was funny. I was like, hi, I'm the other Jennifer Losey that's ruined like all Google searches <laughs> for you. I have all, I have our name everywhere, like on Twitter and, and all of the platforms. And uh, you're going to get weird emails about anime and video games forever. And I'm sorry <laughs> about that. 
here's some money, happy birthday. Um, and she was like, it's cool, I'm a weeb. And I was like, oh my God, you like anime and, and games, and that's so cool. That's awesome. I like that you're also nerdy. Um, <laughs> but I'm so excited that, you know, she'll be able to get a computer and, and finish her program, and people were just so kind to support this person who I don't know, who now I do, just because we happen to have the same fairly uncommon name. I don't know. I like love this girl now. I like want everything for her. I like, I'm like, make good choices, Lucy down under. Like, I believe in you. Um, I hope everything goes the way it, she wants it to. Um. Of course. <laughs> you know, the thing about what's been going on, though, is there was this fear that everybody's going to be too separated. And yeah, that's yeah. true. But in a lot of ways, people have connected more now than ever. You know, we check yeah. in more often. I've definitely had more like gatherings because everyone actually has the time at least i think for like you know in la everyone's like yeah let's make plans and then like everyone's like that's an hour and a half drive and now i have right. a thing and you have a thing and no one has compatible schedules whereas now everyone's like okay it's 2 a.m and i'm here <laughs> who's up who wants to play some jackbox games <laughs> um so that's you know comforting and and really trying to check on the people that you know are a little more and, and keep them from being too isolated right all of the people offering up classes and and webinars and things is good because it, it gives people an excuse to sort of check in without having to be like overly social if that's something that gives them anxiety. Sure. So you can be like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go to this thing and learn something and see people's names in the chat and feel good that I'm like out there without actually having to interact. Because I think, you know, for some people, this is even more stressful. Um being like, now everyone's talking at me and right. I don't want to. Well, speaking of workshops, and I know you do a bunch of anime work, but are there any for anime that you would recommend? Yeah, for anybody who's interested in, in anime and dubbing, adventures and voice acting classes are wonderful. And what's cool is they're bringing them online now, but they're also having like participant and observer. And so you can just watch. So if you're like, I'm into it, but I'm too scared to try it. I think it's really cool that because they're bringing it online, they're making that an option. I'm pretty excited about that. It's nice too because people who aren't in LA can now take these classes exactly. that have been sort of just when they do like a road show. So Yeah, I mean, I think it was a worry for a lot of places that offer workshops like how do we do this, especially for dubbing yeah. because of the challenges of doing it remotely, but it's so cool sitting in on these workshops now opening up to the whole world. Like I yeah. sat in on one recently with Tom Keegan Tom's and cool. um Oh, he's the best. And uh, one of the other actors, super talented, lives in and records from Kentucky. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. You know, like I love our network of actors here, but it's cool to connect with others thousands of miles away working yeah. towards the same thing. I did a class the other night through um, VO Pros with Sissy Jones that was fantastic. And there was a guy who I didn't know who's not local. And I like wrote his name down. I'm like, I need to look this guy up and, right. and figure out who he is and like how I can get him in projects. Like he's so good. And he was so nice. <laughs> Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, something positive that can come from this is that, you know, obviously once it's possible, having classes in person is so valuable and great. Of course. But I would love to see places here. I would love to – I know, I know someone I think from Funimation did one. Like I would love to see people offering up these resources online now that everyone sort of has the, the kinks worked out. Right. So that, you know, if I'm an aspiring – actor in a state where I don't have access, I can take this class online without spending my entire bank account. And, you know, getting to meet people who are doing what you're doing across the country in another country, that's cool. So I, I don't know. I'm hoping that that part doesn't get lost. Right. The, the excitement and the community that we're building beyond our little like area codes 
in this time. I would love to see more of that, you know, years down the line. Right. I'm just so happy with how the voiceover community has responded because, you know, we're lucky enough to work, but all these Zoom meetings and free services for people to continue being engaged, it's just been the best. We're lucky that we get to to do this anyway. Right. I, 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 I wistfully and optimistically say for a living because someday I do hope that it's you know, my entire living. Um, we're lucky we get to do it with some of the greatest people. Uh, you know, in any industry, I'm sure there's always people who are like, mm. but I find that um, the good, the kind, you know, all the misfits, I think, find each other and create magic together. And uh, it's pretty special. Right. And not even just in the voiceover community, but like other people like, you know, um, have you seen John Krasinski's Some Good News? Good. Oh, it's so magical. I love it. <laughs> oh, I just best. like happy cry through the whole thing. <laughs> I know. And the, the logo to start oh, it look off. Look at this drawing. Like his like kids drew a logo. And like it's just like they're like, here's a good thing. Here's a nice interview. And I'm like, more content like that, please. Right. You know, I love that you're doing this podcast. Oh, I have thanks. friends that are, are writing their own like little short, like animated shorts. And just people are... Um, are getting creative and finding ways to to entertain, to educate, mm -hmm. to just sort of have normalcy in this time. And so, yeah, I'm always looking for like the you know what's what's good that's going to come out of this because there's there's plenty of not good. Right. Uh, we don't have to focus on it; it's everywhere. And so, yeah, what what are the things that are bringing people together, and what are people doing, um, you know, to share information, to create joy? I was talking to a friend um, earlier before before we started chatting, and it's been a, it's been a rough day over here. And we were chit chatting uh, about something. And I said, "Well, I'm going to go find some sunshine and and do this 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 thing I'm doing." She's like, "I love that. I'm going to steal that." Yeah. I was like, "That's what you have to do. You have to like dig deep and and find a little bit of something, and just try to laser focus that." Um, because that's a healthy way to get through it. Exactly. I mean, there's the old adage, life isn't fair. and It ain't. <laughs> right. It isn't fair, and everybody's in it together, too. So, like you said, the best thing you could do is to try to find the sunshine yeah. wherever it is, even if it's just peeking through a little crack in a sea of asphalt. Yeah. So, um, anyways, we've already delved deep into our souls, and <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even had a chance to ask you where you're from originally, like what your background what's, is. What's my, my origin story? Yeah. Uh, I grew up uh, in a little town on Long Island. Oh, nice. So I'm from the East Coast. Uh, you know, family from Brooklyn and the Bronx and all the tough stuff, but nowhere like fancy, you know, like an hour out from the city. So I was lucky, you know, as a kid, occasionally you'd get to like go on a field trip, see a dinosaur, see a musical. Um, our local library had these little tickets you could get. It was like $44 for two tickets and like the last row of a Broadway show. It was like a couple times a year they'd have like a voucher whenever like the the least selling season was. So, you know, you'd you'd get on the train and you'd go see a show. I'm like, Mom, this is your fault. <laughs> you took me to shows. Uh, I want to do this. I saw a musical when I was a kid and somebody was like tap dancing on a table. I was like, how do you do that? That's cool. Uh, and then sort of repressed that for a while. And so I went off to college in St. Louis and thought I was going to be a graphic designer, or do advertising design or something like that. Um, you know, in growing up in my school, you know, you're like, OK, well, what can I do for a living? Math, science, social studies, English. These are the things, you know, right? There's there wasn't a lot of like there are other possibilities beyond school subject. So I was like, well, I'm good at art. I guess I'll do art or like something. Um and my dad worked in advertising, and I always thought it was sort of interesting, and I loved doing, like, 
I always had like Corel Draw and like Print Shop, and I would like make things. And like, if there was a way to make a newsletter for a product in school, I would like design a newsletter uh, instead of writing a paper. That's cool. And so I went off to college. I was like, I'm going to do that. And uh, a friend of mine uh, who lived in my dorm was like my first friend in college, Justin. Uh, he's like, Hey, I'm going to go audition for a Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, do you want to come audition with me? I need it. I need a scene partner. You seem cool. You like plays. And I was like, Yeah. And then I ended up being in the show as like the littlest fairy. I was like ensemble fairy, like 15, because I'm 5'1 and a half. And uh, <laughs> there was like, you know, the, the fairy queen was like tall and she's gorgeous. And then like, all the way down to like this little like derpy fairy at the end. That's me. <laughs> uh, and so I was having, you know, the art school was kind of not for me necessarily. And there were a lot of politics uh, in, in our department, unfortunately. But the theater department was so welcoming to me. Mm. And uh, this teacher, Bill Whitaker, who is one of my favorite humans on the earth, uh, was like, hey, you know, my door is always open if you ever want to, like, come down to, like, the theater department and say hi. Um, there's nice. a spot for you here. Nice. And so when I was, like, struggling over the summer of, like, do I what do I want to do with myself? I was like, well, I guess I'll change my major and do theater. And so I ended up uh, going to school for, for theater and comparative literature. So uh, reading lots of things and writing lots of things and occasionally saying things with my face. Uh, and I loved it, um, but I wasn't really sure if that was like viable career thing, you know. Uh, so I moved out to California and I thought, all right, well, I'm going to become a resident and then I'm going to try to go to grad school. And if I get in, maybe I'm meant to do acting. And if not, not. I actually thought about doing costume design for a while. Oh, wow. uh, I costumed some plays in college. Uh, nobody ever was like, you are an amazing actor. But they were like, hey, your costumes are cool. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to do that. So I was like, well, I'll go be a resident. Um, but I need like a job. I need to live and exist in, in California. And so um, when I got here, I was like working at like an ad agency answering phones. And I'd been out here almost a year. And a friend of mine from, from college was like, hey, do you know one of our other friends lives out in L.A.? He's, he was down the block for me. Oh, wow. And I was like, I didn't know that. I'll get in touch. This was, you know, in the ye olde times, like, there was right. no Facebook yet. Um, people had cell phones, but, like, there were caps on how much you could use them. Uh, you know, we didn't all have, like, the immediately accessible, let me just Google them and figure out how to get a hold of them thing that we do now. And so I got in touch, and he was like, yeah, I work as a video game tester. And I was like, cool, how's that work? In the game industry, at least it used to be, uh, things are a little different now um, because the publishers aren't like the great big giant behemoths in L.A. that they used to be. Um, they would hire hundreds of people in the summer to ship the games that were coming out for the holiday. And so it's like open season. And they're like, we need hundreds of testers. So he's like, hey, we're interviewing. And I was like, cool, because I work 14-hour days at this ad agency and I'm eating McNuggets for lunch and it's awful. Um, and so I came in and I sort of accidentally ended up working in games for 15 years. And so wow. I started as a tester, um, and ended up doing some special projects for like the CEO because I knew Microsoft access. Uh, nice. and so, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were like, who knows like PowerPoint and access? I was like, me, this nerd. <laughs> and so, um, I ended up doing these things, um, these projects where we were looking at games to bring in or companies to work with. Um, and projects, and I set up this huge database of, like, game developers that we could maybe work with. And I'm like, what about them? And then, like, two months later, they'd get acquired by, like, EA. And I'm like, ah, see, I was right, but you guys were slow. Um, and so I got to work on a game called Brutal Legend. Oh, nice. Double Fine that we ended up signing. And Tim Schafer, who uh, I'm naming a lot of people who are my favorite humans, uh, not to name drop them, but because <laughs> there really are great people everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
And he was like, we like Jen. Can we keep her? And so I got to work uh, as an associate producer on this game um, until the company I worked at had a merger and we all got laid off. Um, but it was so exciting to be working on this game with someone who like, like I loved like adventure games as a kid. I'm like, this is a very long answer to your question, uh, like Monkey Island and, and stuff. And so I'm well, working with this fair, person who made like- To be fair, my question was summarize your life, so. <laughs> yeah, well, here it is. We're, we're, we're almost there. We're, 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 in the, we're in the closing decade. Um, and so I get to work with like these people that make the stuff that I loved. And I was like, man, video games are cool. Like I love doing this. I love getting to make stuff happen. And part of being a good producer is getting obstacles out of people's way so they can do their job well. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And uh, I had friends at a couple companies who were like, are you sure you don't want to be dev side? Because like you have a dev heart. Uh, I was like, yes, but that means I can protect you at the publisher. <laughs> uh, and so... Another company that I'd worked with, the one who gave me all this foam that you see before you, <laughs> their associate producer was moving and they were like, hey, do you, we'd, I'd work with them as a publisher, like, do you want his job? And I was like, yes, I would love to work with you. And I could walk there from my apartment. It was crazy. I was like, this is why I never moved. I knew someday <laughs> I'd work here. Uh, and so I started working on games on the development side and how I'm linking this all back is um, there aren't. There are many more now, but when I started working in games, there weren't a ton of women necessarily at every developer, and some companies more than others. And so even when I was at the publisher side, sometimes they'd need uh, scratch dialogue, which is like the the stuff they put in for the designers and the animators to see what's working, and ultimately it might get replaced by a professional voice actor. But for now, they just need anything for timing. And so I would do scratch tracks. I did a couple at the publisher, and then when I went to the dev, there were... There were like, I don't know, five or six other women there, but they were like, I don't want to get in a booth and scream. That sounds awful. And I was like, yes, let's do that. Uh, And so I got to working at this company, Spark, I got to be like the player character for a game and record Scratch and like screaming and dying and do mocap down at this like insane mocap stage for Sony. Um, And the game never ended up coming out, but um, I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is this is it. Like, I love working in games and I love, you know, facilitating that. But I also love, you know, I was like, oh, here's the stuff. Here's the here's the things that I like about acting, creating characters and worlds and telling stories. And I could do that no matter what I look like mm-hmm. um, in a padded room with a friend on the other side of the glass telling me how to make it better. Uh, and so I started doing that stuff and taking classes and kind of like sort of explore in LA while I was working full time. I'm like, well, how do I learn more about this? You know, besides regular acting classes, I did improv classes. I was like, how do I, how do I learn how to be in video games and in animation? And how do I tell the stories from that perspective? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was really lucky that my game dev experience let me sort of explore that a bit. And they were happy because they were like, we don't have to pay you. We're already paying you. So nice. you're here. Go scream in the corner. That's great. Uh, <laughs> There is something weird about listening to yourself die on like 50 computers at like all times when people aren't wearing (laughs) headphones. Um, (laughs) But like that's a very strange experience when you're like, I'm getting hurt from in like surround sound. But, you know, that was sort of my start in voiceover. And I think, you know, being a dev has been very helpful when I do get to work on video games because I can kind of shortcut with people and be like, okay, so how is this used? What's the context? How does your engine work? Like, is this repeated? Like, are they random? Like, and they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, just tell me what you need and I will do that. And so that's always been nice, but it was, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I'd started this sooner. And then I'm like, no, because I have this weird 
breadth of experience and strange knowledge from different parts of my life that I get to bring to what I do, which makes me a little different than maybe the next person. Right. Um, and so this like weird, long, meandering story and journey of mine to end up in voice acting uh, really all started from, you know, some lucky breaks of, you know, getting an interview or or whatever and just making cool connections and but not for the sake of making them, you know, yeah. uh, because it genuinely, you know, care about and look out for each other. And so like recently I got to work on a project with a developer that I worked with a long time ago and it was really cool to like I'm still friends with some of the people from the dev team. And so I like sent the message on Twitter and I'm like, hey, like level seven, listen for me um, in your game, uh, which is really fun. And so like, you know, you think you know what you want to do when you grow up. And I'm like, well, I'm doing it just in a different way than I ever thought. And every like new decade is like a new aspect of that. And so, you know, I've been lucky to do like some anime and some live action dubbing and stuff that, you know, never even would have occurred to me when I was like very six in college so that's that's my very long <laughs> epic origin story of how i ended up in la screaming into microphones about games instead of screaming into spreadsheets about games uh <laughs> <laughs> that was a wise choice in my opinion yeah yeah i never screamed as a producer i'm very cuddly <laughs> that's nice i believe it <laughs> uh, so um like you said a, a lot of things you can't plan for you know you could plan for some things like i'll take more workshops that'll help me with my voice acting but really other than that you just got to take action wherever it is and take that leap of faith because yeah. there have been so many times i've taken action for something that at the time i didn't think had anything to do with voiceover then years later i find out oh i, I can do this now because of that one life experience yeah isn't that wild yeah and it's crazy like i feel like it takes some of the pressure off of oh what should i do next like as long as you're doing something then that's all you can ask for and yeah you'll see the benefits that it might reap and and know what steps to take next you know yeah i mean i think there's always projects where you're like oh man i would have loved to audition for that or like that's cool i really wish i could have done it but there's always more and there's always going to be something unexpected that's exciting that you didn't even know was a choice for you right and you know i like to think about that as you know i'm just trying to get as prepared as i can for when that thing shows up for me and like this a game that i worked on like right before everything shut down was because if somebody that I had known for a very long time through games had made a phone call and was like passed my stuff along and and it just happened that they looked at my thing and went oh that exactly matches a hole we have right now in what we're casting mm -hmm. and it you know a different week that might not have been true I think that's you know my my sort of lucky anime break was I I you know read on something else that was happening the same time as the first thing I did was cast and it wasn't, I didn't audition for it at all. They were like, huh. hey, you're in this. I was like, how did that happen? But then once I got in the room, I was like, oh, because of this choice I made on this other thing was wrong for that, but right for this. And so I think so much of, you know, my unsolicited advice for, for voiceover, you know, people get very fixated on booking the job. Right. But you're really like sort of like booking the career, you know, like you um, or, or Bonnie Gillespie that uh, does amazing actor like um, coaching like for like on the business side um she has a book called self-management for actors um you know talks about booking the room you know and making those connections and making those friends and making sincere relationships um of people who are looking you know 
two, three, ten years later are like, hey, you're right for this thing. And by then, hopefully, you know, you have the the skills and the mindset to back it up. Right. And so everybody has that waiting for them. Everybody has these opportunities that are going to feel like they've come out of nowhere, but are really coming from all of the work and effort and struggle and things you've put in, uh, just waiting for that thing to show up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people's like amazing opportunity shows up right away and cool. Some of us have to keep going down the freeway for a little while. Right. And uh, but it's there, you know, everything you do, every audition you send, every class you take, every time you read a kid's book out loud with a silly voice uh, overacting to a three year old. That's just putting something in your pocket for a gig later, whether you know it or not. That wraps up part one of three with Jennifer Losi. A few helpful tips. Tip number one, using Google alerts on your name is a great way to be notified of when your work is out so you can effectively market and promote. Two, it's not about booking the gig. It's about booking the room. Jen has been cast in things she didn't even audition for because of an unrelated audition from months earlier. And three, now is a great time to explore workshops normally offered in other parts of the country that are now available online to everyone. And on that note, may all you voice actors keep acting up. <laughs>